welcome to the season three finale episode. Can't believe that we've done, I don't know, 30 some odd episodes this year. Thank you to everybody that has taken opportunity opportunity to download any of these episodes and all these episodes. It is greatly appreciated. We record these for you. Now, for this particular episode, we're not really going to take any deep dive into anything. We're kind of we're going to more more than anything take a look back at 2022, which has been, I would say, a success for this podcast. We've we've increased our listener base, so that includes you if you're listening to that uh, to this. So thank you. And um, at this point, we have now conquered six of the seven continents on earth and that i'm really really proud of so yay um so let's let's get into this finale of course of course if we're gonna do any type of monumental episode i have to have my best friend y'all love him y'all know him at this point of course the legend himself mr john Rowe. john hello how are you Hey, Johnny Bones is in the building, people. Yes. Doing we're, great. We're, doing well. Looking forward to talking about this year in review and some of the movies we saw. Because um, I got a feeling you saw ones I didn't. And you could tell me how good they are. And I can, can talk a little bit. But yeah, it's been a great year, man. I remember when we were doing the Batman episode. And uh, so I don't know if you would just want to talk about some of your episodes, like Nomadland or uh, you did Stand By Me. You did a lot of cool ones this year um, or just new movies. But yeah. it's a free, it's a free flowing, and I'm feeling good. So, I'm, I'm. Let's do this. You know, let's let's let the healing begin. <laughs> the healing. Yeah, I'm going to right now. I'm going to pull up. People can listen to me do the, do the thing right here. I'm going to go to my website, which is something that we launched this season in itself. Is Stanford Cinema now has an official website? Oh, what a win! I know. All right. So here it is. Season three. This will be the 30th episode of season three. 30 episodes. That's pretty cool. That's, That's pretty, pretty cool. awesome. I like it. It's a nice round number. Nice like, round number. Maybe it's like a that... Steph Curry of episodes. Yes. Like because season one, we did 22 episodes. Season two, we did 39 episodes. So a ton. But I think 30. I think 30 might be the target. I think that we'll try to do each year. It's about... 30, yeah, we'll say 30, because I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's not hard work, but it <laughs> is, uh, it's time consuming work, and I figure, yeah, 30 out of 52, that means that's over 60%, I'll take it, or about 60%, I think, I think that's good, I think that's good. Was a guy who has waited 10 years for the next game of thrones book to come out i want you to take your time <laughs> one thing i really appreciate about the early artists especially back in the 90s was how they take their time with albums and releasing them they weren't just well towards the back end of the 90s they were just cookie cutter putting them out but anyways i want you if if 30 is the right number for you i'd rather listen to just 30 perfect episodes and 39 mm. you know eh, or 22 deep dives for john road talks for four hours you know what that was a lot of fun though it was. I was wondering if you're going to bring some jello shots, but. Uh. <laughs> well, I've got I've got a little like tequila drink right now. A so little think, tequila drink. Well, I mean, it, it's still one shot of tequila, but I poured some topo. So it's tequila and topo. 
Nice. That sounds like mm-hmm. ranch water. Yeah, it is a ranch water. Exactly what that is. Nice. Um, so I did 30 episodes and admittedly kind of came under because I think uh, 33 episodes were recorded this year, but a few didn't make the cut through no fault of the of the guest, but simply due to the fact that the Stamper House uh, was underwater this week, quite literally, as we had a flood. This whole week, I was going to churn out a few episodes because I was kind of on vacation anyway. I'm like, all right, I'll do that. And then Christmas Eve, our emergency sprinkler system, so like the fire sprinkler system, that went off in my daughter's playroom uh, about 3 o'clock. And that's what I dealt with for about a good an hour or so before we finally got it turned off. And at that point, uh, a lot of plans changed. A lot of plans changed. Uh, changed. What I can one thing that I've learned through this experience is I don't think anybody really has any comprehension of how much water is flowing through your home at any given time. And when it says well, we're going to rub what this pipe is going to burst. That's a shitload of water. So much water. And, um, but yeah. Enough to put out a fire, I guess. Yeah. Enough to put uh, out a fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that sounds terrible. And it was, it, it was, uh, I, it was I'm curious if any of the uh, listeners, I hope you, I hope Andrew had the worst year out of any of yes. y'all. I, I hope none of y'all have had something that bad. And if you have had something that bad, I'm sorry. I and I and next year's coming up and next year will be better. I know this. Yeah, I, I mean I know it. the the year started off on a downer note. Anybody that's listened to this podcast for a while knows a little bit of some of the stuff behind the scenes that happened to uh your your humble host. And now the the year is ending with a, a bang of 15 gallons of water per minute. Um so quite a bang, quite a bang. But um, that's all right. This episode is going to be an opportunity to look back at some of the, the the fun, fonder moments of the year. So you had mentioned, well, what about some of the episodes that we recorded? Again, we did about 30 this year. And we started the season really, really good with, um, what was it? We, we started with a, a scream ensemble episode where we we discussed the entire piece and then john and i we did an episode where we just talked about movie soundtracks and that was a highlight yeah that was fun that was a, that was a <laughs> I'm, good gonna time. Need to, I'm gonna need to go back and re-listen to that one <laughs> yeah that was a lot of fun that was a good you know, time uh, you talked about screen but you did also like a separate horror one didn't you like uh yeah. with sa bradley or yeah yeah so the whole month of october was really cool because I one thing that I like to do for October is just to dedicate the entire month into into horror films. So we did uh, I had a conversation with just an absolute I don't even know the word I want to use for him because I mean he he's he's a like oh man uh he's a poet. I mean when you hear this man speak everything he says is very very poetic and Perfect. But yeah, so I uh, I interviewed S.A. Bradley, who has his own podcast, and he's written uh, a couple books. And we just had a whole conversation on horror films with him. And that was that was a highlight. I mean, every episode I did this year, as far as I'm concerned, is a highlight. But 
you referenced that one. That one definitely sticks with me. I had a wonderful discussion with um, Naomi Beatty, who uh, essentially, you know, she's written screenwriting books. She's helped edit books on screenwriting. So we ha- I had a wonderful conversation with her. Hopefully, I'll have her back again in 2023. She's going to be visiting Atlanta. We're actually discussing the opportunity of doing like a um, an in-studio episode. So we'll see. We'll see. Whoa, those get wild. They, they do get wild. They do get wild. Yeah. Well, it, I remember at your house, I think two of the ones I listened to was the My Cousin Vinny. And then there was also, I, I almost want to call it the body episode, but about the guy who is generally uh, – like a you know a thug or a big guy he was in bullet train or uh oh, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. like yeah. so i remember listening to those two and it's always fun to get like a you know it's i can go to i don't know jimmy fallon or something like that to see tom hanks i like to hear the behind the scenes guys talk yeah. and uh, uh i know ray I guess buffer was, is who you're referring to i had an episode with it. ray buffer yeah, yeah 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 and he he's just a uh, he, he's an actor, but he gets a lot of extra work. Is I, I forget what they what they really what they call that phrase, but um, yeah, he was in Bullet Train, which we which we saw recently uh, together. That was really fun. But you mentioned my cousin Vinny, uh, Lisa Zarina Michaud. Michaud, I apologize, Lisa. I, I'm 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 terrible with my French, but. That was one of my favorite episodes because I got to I got to talk about my cousin Vinny, which was one of my all time favorite and still is one of my all time favorite films. So but very, very blessed that we had a really, really huge, huge turnout for season three. A lot of great, a lot of great guests. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention that we talked about all things Batman for about four hours. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the yeah. people loved it. That was one of our most, that was our second most downloaded episode of the year. And to date, the second most downloaded episode all time. So well, great. that was fun. That was fun. It was, yeah, that's, uh, I, people probably know this about me by now, but uh, I, I just want to talk about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about everything all at once. And Ooh. That's a movie I wish I'd have seen, but you I can't saw it. You still haven't seen it. That well, is... tell me, give me, give me a brief. Um, I figured uh, you've been telling me about that. You've been telling me about a few movies, and we're going to talk about movies this year. And I think that might be a good jump-off point because I've heard nothing but great things about it. Yeah, like it's a really, really tough movie to explain. But essentially, everything, everywhere, all at once is this action comedy drama i mean it covers everything right and we we you get into like the multiverse but really at its core is uh, a film about these uh, chinese american immigrants specifically the, the like the matriarch the mother of the family she they're essentially her family is essentially being audited by the irs but she finds out that that um she needs to connect with her other selves and the other the these other multiverses and and save these problems otherwise 
the multiverse is going to implode and all things bad are going to happen. But really, at its core, so you have like this Chinese-American immigrants that own a laundromat are being audited by the IRS and they find out they have to save the world. I mean, I love it. it. I love it. It's crazy. But at its core, the movie is really about family. And that doesn't know about me. I live with my mother a couple of times in my life. And the idea of controlling a woman who's got a mind of herself and trying to do everything everywhere all at once. It's, <laughs> you just got to let her go. Sometimes you got to let her go. You got to just go, you know, and you're trying to work and she goes, Hey, uh, where should we put this thing? And I'm like, wherever you want to <laughs> like, <laughs> like put anyway, sorry. That's, no, no, uh, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, it sounds like I could, I don't know. I watching the trailers too. I feel like, I think I'm going to talk more about the movies I missed and maybe the listeners can tell me reasons why uh, I should check out this movie or that movie as well. Yeah. I think and we're going to bounce back and forth, but uh, sure. with, with that one, it looked like a great sci-fi. Like I, I guess in a way for um, it, and I can see the parallels of how it could look like uh, a Marvel movie, but it looked like a really cool sci-fi and uh, what you're telling me, it sounds like it has very grounded roots. Mm-hmm. of a film of like common uh just really common things you're speaking culturally about the film uh and some of those things to identify with or understand better with and so uh but i don't know i guess maybe my end goal is like if i got to pick one of the movies i didn't see all year it that might be the movie that honestly like i you know i at this point you know i've got this app it's called letterboxd and full disclosure i didn't see a ton of new movies this year where we're, I'm, I'm just under 50 for the calendar year, but I saw a lot of really good films and everything everywhere all at once is my second favorite film that I saw this year. And what's really cool, Mr. John, you live in Austin. That film premiered at South by that was where the movie like actually got its, uh, its first audience was in South by back in March, but really good I can't I can't speak highly enough. I'm not we're not going to do a deep dive. But if you know, like um, I'm never against doing that. So if anybody wants to take a deep dive on everything everywhere all at once, that was a huge film. So like if I were to just say five films that I not necessarily my favorite of the year, but five films that I would like to reference on this podcast, I would say everything everywhere all at once. Certainly. Uh, sorry, I didn't. Well, I, I'm cutting you off only because yeah. I, I, maybe we'll get to the other films. And yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put that down as number one. Every I'm just gonna put E. Okay. Yeah. Again, I'm not. I have it number two for the year as far as my favorite uh. films, but for for a talking point, that's a movie that I would recommend. Another <laughs> film that I the second film I would like to reference for a movie you have to see it is prey which i another film that i've mentioned to you it's a sci-fi action film and it's kind of like an indirect predator prequel but what's really interesting about the film is that it focuses not just in the past but specifically focuses on like native americans and specifically even more specifically the comanches and it really harnesses um, the whole plot around this young Comanche, female Comanche Native American 
and she wants to be taken seriously. She wants to go through the, go through these different trials, and she has to kill something. And but all the while, she's being hunted by predator. And if you've ever seen any predators, you know they're bad motherfuckers. And it, well, it, part of their goal is to kill something. Mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, the, the whole thing is for them to so kill something. Yeah. You just explain like what the predator's job yep, is. Yeah. Exactly. It's really good, and whether you um, are a big Predator fan or not, it means nothing. Like, the the story of this is so good and so beautifully directed. And what's really fun is that when you watch it, you have the option of either A, watching it in English, or B, watching it in Comanche, which is fucking cool. So you, you, you can watch it either way. Uh, and that's that's available on Hulu. So that's a movie that I would highly recommend. Yeah. Um, I always I always thought it was great in Apocalypto. How they yeah, yeah. actually you know yeah. and uh, it's just like I and I don't think they give you they give you the option back in those days. But it I'm happy to be forced to read because it you know it made it uh, a little more real. Mm-hmm. Well, I like it. And what's cool is I think you started out with two ones were like. Women are kicking ass. Maybe women are the real winners this year. Maybe, uh, maybe. Hopefully, and that, that wasn't even intentional. But yeah, well, you're right. Well, I got on my list things like Wakanda Forever. There's uh, Ooh, the okay. Woman Queen. You yeah. know, uh, so there. I don't know. There's there's a lot of a lot of pretty good ones. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like the the yeah in in many ways yeah kind of like the the year of the woman really really badass female uh, protagonists. In the horror genre, movies that you would never watch, but there were two big ones that came out in the indie circuit, one called X and the other called Pearl. And they're they're kind of related to the same story. It was written by the same guy, directed by the same guy, starring the same actress. But for those, for uh, because I've got listeners that are big horror fans, both Pearl and X are two other movies that 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 just fucking floored me and there'll be a third film to complete that trilogy um which will be coming out next year and that will be called maxine with a triple x so m-a-x-x-x-i-n-e for maxine that's awesome yeah they're shooting i as a kid um the multiverse and uh has done all this but let's just say i thought of it first (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh I used to think how cool how cool would it be, and I think uh, maybe Heat's a good idea of a movie like this. But like, if two directors put out basically the same movie with the same characters, but it's both are different movies and it's told through both of the points of view, and so you'll still have the interactions, but maybe Scorsese's, you know, directing one and somebody, and you'll have these crossovers. Mm. But both movies get released in the same year. Yeah. And it's just two different storytellers and you get the hero of both of their stories that interact and interweave between each other. And there's no reason for Hollywood to do this because they think why make two movies where you can make one. But mm-hmm. for the fan goer, I always thought it would be so cool to be able to go see uh, similar to them. I guess it's like a multiverse, but like just two movies like going to see Heat, but you go see the Pacino movie Heat and then you go see the Robert uh, De Niro movie Heat right, or right, something right. like that, which would have... Uh, is that kind of similar to what you're explaining or um ish basically so for the film x what, what's really great is the the filmmaker ty west he 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 created this film and then while they were shooting it he had an idea to do kind of a prequel film and 
So he did the main movie and then he did the prequel film. But what's great about the prequel film is it really has nothing to do. It's not a continuation of a story. It's just the same character, just told younger. So the film X really focuses on uh, um, a would-be porn film, essentially. it's Really what it comes down to is it's Texas Chainsaw, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets... 70s porn really so you've got uh five or six people that they're off to make a porn film in in texas and they run into the the homeowners and the homeowners are this old couple and they just ain't feeling people making a porn (laughs) on on their property and pearl the 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 sequel which is actually the prequel focuses on the the old woman but now younger back in world war ii time and we we see just the the chaos that she unleashes as a young person we see what she's capable of as an old woman in pearl we see what she's capable of when she's 60 years younger and pearl honestly isn't a a horror film in the way that x is x is like a out and out slasher film like i said it's texas chainsaw massacre meets i don't know debbie does dallas right i mean that's the only thing i can really the way i would phrase it with pearl is a little a little bit different of you just see this this character just taken kind of like through the ringer and she's mentally unbalanced and you see her snap and that's what what that film is about. Maxine, don't know that's what it's going to be. That sounds tough. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, I know it's not your cup of tea, but those two films are such a great. Is it like Michael Douglas and Falling Down? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the best thing about Pearl, and I, I love the whole movie, but like the final 10 minutes, there's like this like 10 minute monologue where Pearl is just unleashing on her her sister-in-law, just talking about what she's feeling, what she's done, and she's kind of like confessing. And you're like, oh fuck, what what is going to happen? Is she is she and the sister-in-law? Are they gonna is she gonna kill the sister-in-law? Is the sister-in-law gonna be understanding? Like you don't know, but the it is. It, it, it just it, it's one of the best monologues I think I've ever seen. It's like, like I said, like a 10 minute bit where she's just saying, so I killed this person. I fucked this person all the while. Like her husband is out fighting, you know, World War Two. Right. You know, like he's overseas and she's just unleashing all this. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you're worried. You're worried about the person she's talking to because you've already seen what she's capable of. And you're like, don't fucking kill her. Don't kill her. And it, it's just so good. It's so good. I'm not going to spoil anything for those that haven't seen it. But I'm curious. I saw a preview for a show called Lamb. Did you ever get around to seeing that? I haven't seen Lamb. I haven't seen Lamb. I I'm, I'm see curious Lamb. if a lamb dies or not. But <laughs> right. I, mean, I don't I know if it's pig. as scary as what Did you see Pig last year with... um? Um, I can't believe I forgot our, our guy's name. Um, Paige? No, but yeah, I did Nicholas see Cage. the I did see the movie with you. Uh, another movie with you. Uh, what What is the Cage movie that came out with? Uh, 
my man, Oberyn Martell. Oh, uh, well, uh, the unbearable. Uh, I have that on there, right? That was this year, wasn't it? Yeah, well, we saw yeah, it together. Massive talent, yeah. Massive talent. That yep. was fun. You know, had fun. a good time. The unbearable weed of massive talent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I think some of the storyline you can kind of understand. It's not too far, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Nicolas Cage is such a a national treasure. He is. He is. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I didn't see... I didn't see pig, uh, but I did that see was that. Last year, but yeah, check it out. It's a really good, it's a yeah. really good film. Yeah. You could have told me it was called ham. And I, I think I would have gone. Yeah. I think I know what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did yeah. You yeah. see bacon. Yeah, Ooh. for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely a pork product, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, you, you talked a little bit about your lows. I kind of want to bring it up a little bit. I One of my highs of last year was going to your house. And we oh, got to dude. see a lot of fun, great movies. Honestly, on the trip, and I don't, don't think anybody's going to be too offended me saying this, being at your place was the best on during my trip and probably the best of last year. It was so fun. It was so nice. It was so sad to see what happened to your house because I've been there. I've experienced it. But, uh, man, we had a great time watching so many good movies. And that was one. Uh, bullet train was a great time I'm trying to think of what else there was that uh we saw well point break but i mean that didn't yeah. come out this well, year i think we're gonna talk about point break in 2023 yeah not yeah. to tease too much but that'll be exciting um but bullet train i guess look I, let me talk a second for about bullet train just because when i watched it i enjoyed it so much it was a fun regular action movie Mm-hmm. But I was kind of looking over this year and a lot of the movies I've seen, that's a lot of the big budget action movies. Um, pretty soon we should probably talk about Top Gun or The Northman or, you know, Wakanda Forever. I that, Next year I'm going to talk about Avatar. I'm saving that for next year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but not, nah, uh, but Bullet Train was one that to me just was a fun ride. Uh, a lot of great air, ca- characters, actors, reminded me of 90s movies, movies like mm. Die Hard and whatnot. Uh, but that was the movie that I saw with you. It had a blast. And that was the movie I watched uh, with my brother before, you know, Christmas, you know. And uh, I was like, you got to watch this. And, you know, at that point, everybody gone to bed. And it's not quite a movie. His his son loves Thomas the Choo Choo. He used to have Thomas Choo Choo birthday. So I know he'd get all the references. And there's a soccer uh, influence within it. It almost feels like a Guy Ritchie film it uh, does. mixed with Michael Bay. Yeah. Uh, but um, in a good way. <laughs> Maybe James Cameron. In a good way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no. So that was one that, and perhaps like it's just where I was when I had that experience. I was with you. We we had a great fun time going to this uh, theater, um, which we'll talk about the shopping center at some other place and how they should give it more business. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but I it's just such a fun time, fun experience. It's out on Netflix right now, I think. And uh, so, if anybody is looking for a rated R movie, I'd recommend that. I mean, it's a fun popcorn eating action adventure, and it does have like a like a 90s throwback to it. It never takes itself remotely serious, which is which is good. I know it's based on a book, but it was also fun to watch an action movie that wasn't a sequel of anything. You know, like I noticed it has, you know, it comes from intellectual property that existed, but this is the first of it, you know, so seeing seeing 
an action film that wasn't based on another action film was was kind of refreshing. So I enjoyed that. Well, I like it. It's not even lowbrow to me. I think it is highbrow, but it's like all the little jokes about Thomas the Chuchu, obviously, like there's a part, and, and my brother laughed because he understood it, but where he's just like so-and-so got died and stabbed and it was Frank, <laughs> and then the other guy goes, he means Kevin <laughs> you know, <laughs> but my brother got it, like, yeah. like under his brother he goes, he, he's talking about Kevin, like, because he knows <laughs> Kevin uh, but, <laughs> yeah, just uh, I love a film that doesn't take itself too serious yep. uh, mm-hmm. and, and that was it to me, and you know, we listened to once again, uh, the episode you had about just a guy who's been doing the business and working hard. Uh, and, and, you know, that what was fun about that podcast in particular was you could tell how he's, I don't want to say fail because I think he's achieved, but he's gone through some ups and downs in his life. Right. And uh, he's made the best of it. He, he made a move and, you know, has kind of tr- tried to continue on. So, um, you know, he's he's somebody, Ray Buffer, who nobody's ever heard of. But I went to that movie looking forward to seeing him. And yeah. I like to believe I did see him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so shout uh, out. Yeah. Good call. Uh, good call. I do. The last movie I want to mention before we forget is something that you can watch now on HBO Max. And uh, it's not a sequel to In Bruges, but it does have the same two actors. The Banshees. Yeah, the Banshees of Inna Sharon. Um, yeah. So, beautiful film. All Love that it. only just, there were a lot of the, the Batman, the Northman, the Banshees, the Menu. There's a lot of the movies. A lot of uh, those, But yeah. no, I've, I'm really curious because that, that's another one I've been thinking about. Sorry. Because uh, it kind of, at least from the trailer, reminds me of Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's, it's Grumpy Old Men, but a real fucking downer. Like a real, like, I love this movie, but the movie also breaks my heart because it's really the story of two best friends and one best friend decides that he wants to end the friendship. And I think why the movie hits me a little bit hard not to get like super personal but oh, fuck it, I'm going to maybe why the movies resonated is about 10 years ago. I, I, I found a couple of like my, my childhood friends and I reached out to them on like Facebook. I'm like, Hey, how's everything going? And they, I, I won't say ghosted me because they actually responded, but, but it was like a, you know, leave us the fuck alone, which I don't know what happened. I don't know their reality versus my reality, which is what this movie also kind of touches on. But in my own head, the way that I I, I kind of liken it is that, you know, they they're in, essentially they are like uh, the super, super brothers, if you will, of Bermuda. And they kind of run the island. And I don't know if they thought I was trying to like, like reach out to them for a fucking handout, which is insulting all i was trying to be like hey how's it going nice to see you but um so yeah just to have people that you that you connect with and then one day that connection's like over and it sucks you know and so that maybe that's part of the reason why the movie is kind of like resonated um with me a little bit but i'll speak man i think well one thing johnny bone says about that is those guys know when they've done wrong you know, they'll, they know when they've been assholes and stuff like that. So it just comes around and stuff. Yeah. Uh, not everybody's in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And people figure it out later. And I would just try to say, don't don't worry about it. And 
so many people, I'm going to throw this out there. So many people are happy to sell you. I told Yeah. You want to know what a better feeling is that waiting for somebody to say you were right. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. So just, yeah, I mean, maybe they'll never say nothing, but who cares? Like I would just say, sit back, relax. Uh, and it's not, it's not worth your time. It's not worth your effort. I, the phone works two ways and I'm good at picking it up and, and sending text. I think you're really good at that. Uh, and pro- that's probably why we talk so much. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, not everybody is. That's something I had to uh, figure out is, you know, um, that's quality I have. And if you're somebody, if you're a listener right now and you're the person who reaches out, I would say, reach out. If you're not the person who reaches out, don't worry about it. Uh, but if you do reach out, you'll probably find somebody happy to, to hear from you again. Uh, the phone works two ways. So that's, that's, that's what Johnny bone says about that. <laughs> you are very, very wise. You almost sounded like Kurt Russell and uh, big trouble in little China right there. Uh, he's a wise man, but he also hung out with a bunch of Chinese people, like, and everything all at once. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's true. Well, you'd also make, like, I like how, uh, I think one of the themes, what we've been talking about is how every movie has cultures and culture mm. bases. And they're really diving into those things. Um, I mean, to throw it out and this is where we left off or began this year was with the Batman. And I felt like they got the culture of Arkham correct, you know, and I, you, you mentioned prey, you mentioned everything all at once, the Northmen. Um, let's talk about Top Gun for a second. You know, let's, let's take two, a minute to talk about some Top Gun. Is that a T for top, Top Gun? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, but I think that was a movie that I thought came out, right time right place i don't think it's people are gonna hate me for saying this i don't think it's better than the original i don't think it's as great of a movie as it got credit for i think that we were so starved of going to the cinema and the paramount and everybody wanted people to come back to the cinema i think it's a fun ride and it's nostalgic and it's exactly what we needed i think like bill and ted three was during COVID. it was a, a bright movie at the right time and I think Top Gun, as good of a movie as it is, we've talked about a lot, probably better movies uh, from a movie standpoint. But I like Top Gun. I'm happy about it. Um, I'm just going to say I think it got a little blown out of proportion. I think it got a little blown up. So I hear you, John. I do. I hear you. Um and I agree with you in parts. I, I agree with you that the film was the right film at the right time. I hear you on that. I agree with that. I also agree that it's not necessarily better than the first film. But I disagree with you in that it's not overhyped. Like, or rather that it's overhyped. The the film, it's a fucking banger of a movie. Like, it is perfect i don't know if you only saw it in theater i don't know if you've gone back and revisited it on paramount plus if you haven't go back and watch it again the movie the movie is yeah the movie the movie holds up um i i and it's so weird because i i know that people have their opinions on tom cruise as the person but dude Tom Cruise, the actor, and Tom Cruise, the the stuntman and producer, is somebody that I don't think 
many generations have ever experienced just how much dedication he puts into making a movie come uh, come to light and come to life rather the everything that they did to make that movie and the realistic elements of having all those actors in those planes doing uh doing really quite frankly their own directing is just unreal that movie is next level action and um i love the story i know it doesn't necessarily have a lot of the the music which is part of what makes the original top gun so so powerful but like we we even covered top gun on the podcast and we we referenced that they had to add shit into that movie because there wasn't really a story, you know, like this, this one, the story was so focused, the love story in it maybe isn't necessarily as great, but damn, if, if I didn't enjoy the, the two hours and that's the other thing, this was a two hour and nine minute, but you, you add the, like, basically it's a two hour movie. It's like nine minutes worth of fucking credits. Um, I love this because it wasn't three hours. Like so many of the action movies coming out today are three plus hours or damn near close to three hours. This movie kept it to normal film length. Could they have added another 20 minutes to build up more storyline? Sure, they could have. But where the movie sits when it's all done and Rooster and Maverick have their moment uh, and Hangman uh, has his kind of like Iceman moment. um, This 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 is great and fucking bill pullman's kid in the, this movie is really really wild and his call sign is bob i think is great uh i i i love i love top gun maverick i love it so i i i take a little bit of umbrage with the eh, eh, it's not no 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 no. it's every bit as good well, and i'm well, never maybe... mr advocate of yay action movies sure but... and it could be it could be Avatar takes this mantle, Avatar 2, The Way of Water, but it's probably the one I was excited for most, and I thought it was good. I just, the amount of people. Who, so, uh, but you were in the Navy, so you, you understand the Navy films a little bit better than I do. Maybe there's some relations um, on that. It, it, was a, it was a fun <laughs> ride. No, I'm patronizing the Navy, and I'm going to get shot in the head for it later. That's uh, <laughs> super fun. Uh, but no, uh, I, you know, I think some of the story is predictable, but that's okay because it's a cool, fun action movie. You know, Jennifer Connelly is one of my favorite actresses of all time. I think she is like, I, I think she's like your Winona Ryder. Okay, that's how yeah, I think about Jennifer Connelly. I'm she's just gorgeous. I love she, her. She's tall. You know. <laughs> <laughs> She she just tall. she just like the '90s Anne Hathaway. The '90s Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Interesting. I guess they made it both but, Oscar winners in their own right. Yeah. They've done all right. They probably both worked with Mail Street at one point. But uh, look, it was a fun ride. It was a great ride. And maybe I'm just the the. Sometimes I can be the fish who swims against water, and I think I like the movie, and then everybody else started liking the movie. And I'm like, well, then maybe I. Don't like I started picking holes, so I'm picking on it. Um, have you, have, you, want, you only you, see it the one time? I think so. Yeah, go back, yeah. go back. It's on Paramount Plus. Rewatch it, and I'm curious to know that after the second viewing, if you still feel the same way. Look, I'm 
All right. I will. I, I just will. I promise. All right. There we go. That, that's All my right. request. All right. Um, what on else? Netflix this year, uh, on the, my tail end, I hung out with my buddy Jamie down in Houston. And we watched a few movies. I think uh, The Gray Man. Uh, it was uh, Ryan Goslick. Just fun movie on Netflix that they put out. Okay. A cool little action movie, very Jason Bourne style. Um, and I'm I'm going to fuck up on this. The other one's the Jamie Foxx movie. It's either Day Shift or Night Shift, but it's a fun vampire movie uh, okay. with him and the other Franco. But I don't know. I was just trying to think back of some of the movies I watched. And I mean, the thing about Prey is it's on Prime. And I think I have Prime, but I, I, it might be Jamie's. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> like. But like the thing is, I haven't watched. Look, I'm not using his obviously people. But like the thing is, it's like I don't have a Prime account. But uh, you know, sometimes you're finding other shows, and uh, you know what's cool is um, at Paramount now they have Top Gun. I think uh, you'd mentioned Netflix. I mean, Netflix. I guess what was the the Irishman was one of their big ones that seemed to oh, be like yeah, a movie. Year. Yeah, last year's. But it seemed like it put them on the map of like, we're not just creating topic shows. We're creating movies here, too. Mm-hmm. And you've been talking about uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, and, my God. And, yeah. And I believe it's not a remake, but like um, 1930, Best Academy Award winning film. I think I heard uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Like, it, you know, it's an it adaptive street. Emmys, but it, in it, uh, 1979 or 80 it used when to it was be, a TV movie. Yeah, it was a required reading when I when yeah. I was going through school. Um, but you have spoken very highly of it, and I'd like yeah. to give you your platform to, to sing. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is the third adapt film adaptation. There was a, like a silent film in the 30s, and then there was a TV movie in the late 70s, early 80s. There was a brand new version of All Quiet on the Western Front, but this is the only one that's actually a German movie. So the previous versions were American Hollywood films, right? Or a Hollywood TV film. This is a movie that actually has German actors and really focusing on their perspective, you know, and it's, it's so good. I mean, I can't, I can't stress it enough. War movies are fucking hell. And this movie is fucking hell like all bold all caps it's brutal um but i also don't ever feel that it is what's the word that i want to use um i want to choose my words very carefully but it doesn't ever feel that it's exploitative in the violence that they're using you know like they're like it doesn't, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to shit on Saving Private Ryan or anything like that, but the first 15, well, not the first 15, like the, the second 15 minutes of Saving Private Ryan, right? Like really the Omaha Beach landing is so good, but almost to the point where it almost felt, and again, I love the movie, but it almost felt like Steven Spielberg was trying to shock and awe you with some really fucking horrible imagery. And we're going to make you feel really, really terrible things that happen. And we're going to like pummel that at you. Um, He's good at that. Like yeah. in, in uh, what is it, Schindler's List, how the yeah. one scene in color is a yeah. little girl walking 
through the ghetto. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he he knows how to hit a scene. Yeah, uh, but mm-hmm. this movie is not that. Right, it, 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 maybe it more nineteen fourteen yeah. or nineteen seventeen. What was that? Uh, yeah, I guess nineteen seventeen through. Yeah, the world the war ended. What like nineteen eighteen, nineteen nineteen? No, I was thinking, wasn't it Christopher Nolan who just put out? You know, not too long ago. Uh, oh, Dunkirk. No, well, he did War Dunkirk. II. Yeah. So you're right. He did Dunkirk, but there was a uh, a recent movie, 1917. Oh, 1917. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So just a, a, another French feel, warfare film. Yeah. I, and I didn't feel like that was a um, gratuitous. It was a day mm-hmm. in a life, and yep. uh, it's just very very real. Yeah. Um, this movie does it is closer to 1917. Obviously, it's a different war than World War II. But I just bring up because everybody knows of that. The you know the land. It's the same. Long. It's the same war. Um, well, nineteen uh, seventeens uh, World War One and all right, quiet right, on the right. Western Front. No, that is the same war. But I okay. was connecting Saving Private Ryan, which is World War Two. So that's what I was trying to like clarify is the fact that not that I'm trying to bridge all those movies together, but the way that this film is tempo wise and obviously they're both like trench warfare films this movie is closer to 1917 which also by the way phenomenal film phenomenal film but all quiet on the western front here seeing the german perspective in their war and what's tragic and horrific is what we're focusing on in this movie is a space of land no more than 500 or 600 yards right that's and it just would go a little bit this way it would go a little bit that way and thousands upon thousands of let's be real kids perished you know and war is hell in this movie like i said i've said it three or four times at this point this movie does a great job capturing it but never really feels exploitative but what is beautiful is the movie starts off focusing on our protagonist as he enlists with his buddies and they're all like super excited and you see that like that smile mm-hmm. and the final scene is very very reminiscent of i don't know if you if you saw uh oh my god what well, i can't believe i forgot the name of the movie catherine bigelow's um uh war film that came out a couple of years ago with jeremy renner oh my god um it'll come back to me in just a minute but mm. you, well the the scene i remember from the books was them all sitting in a latrine yeah, they're gonna shit playing mm-hmm. a car game, and so when I go, like, I want to, like, I'm hopeful that that's in the movie. If it's not, but when I think back to my, I think it was eighth grade or something required reading, like, that's what got to me was how you know, like, sometimes soldiers got to take a shit, and those are the moments you get off, and that that's the camaraderie, and yeah, um, I. I don't know. Like, uh, I think all boys grow up wanting to be soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not all of them, but like. Uh, and in that book, I remember a lot of those same feelings, but it's, you know, you go in with these ideals born of the fortress of the July with Tom Cruise was kind of like, you know, his father, you know, fought in war two and he's going out to Vietnam and he was, he's going to be a hero. And then he ends up in a wheelchair. And like, yep. uh, I, I think movies like that are important. And I imagine the guys who are writing them, I think it's fun. But after the fact, if you want to read some stuff, it's like how brave those people were, how, um, I imagine not everybody wanted to paint the picture of how shit 
you know, the war really is yeah. and how tough it is. Yeah. Um, a couple things to piggyback on. I was thinking of the Catherine Bigelow movie, um, The Hurt Locker, where you like the only place he was ever happy was in yeah. war, right? Like you saw him in that grocery store and he's like, what the fuck? Like all these different cereals. Yeah. Like, but when he was going back into the war, like he's now in his element. Yeah, I want to call him Hawkeye, Jeremy Reiner, or uh, yeah, Jeremy Reiner. Reiner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. great scene. Yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, Talking to but, his little baby. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's only this, one thing you might love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, I just was. I'm just going before I forget. So the movie like opens with him really happy, and then the final final shot when he's when he's going into like the last war of the movie, you just see all the joy gone and all the humanity gone and this is what's left with them you know and it's really really something um another thing that i want to mention is there is a song by a band that john knows i love and i've and i've you know i've told him about it before uh there's this band called carbon leaf and they have this song and this song is called the war was in color and the whole idea is this grandson looking at these these pictures of you know his grandfather who served in a war and and really it's like this this whole idea that we from afar think that oh my god you you fought you served and it's remarkable but the war was in color there's blood you know it's real there's something very very tangent people die people have their limbs like torn off but that those are the things that we often like kind of have an idea like oh obviously you know things are terrible um but we don't really appreciate it so we 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 now see like these pictures for example the the sailor kissing the girl in new york and now obviously that's been you know a subject of a different conversation of uh, uh a dude randomly planning a kiss on uh, on a stranger but <laughs> What I really want to really want to uh, focus on is the fact that these were people, often children, going off to fight in in a battle where they saw, they would see their best friends, they would see their colleagues, or an enemy that they would kill, and they would deal with the emotional impact of what that means. Um, maybe the enemy they killed, they were a parent, they were a father, they were a kid, and. This movie does a great job. One of the most impactful scenes in All Quiet on the Western Front is a moment where our hero does have a um a uh like a mono mono kind of like fight and then the emotional impact that has with him when he's going through that soldier's pockets and he 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 sees something and then what that really means is it, he wasn't just killing, you know, uh, an enemy flag. He was killing another person who had a life and who had family and who had loved ones and, and kids. And this movie does it so beautifully. So all quieter on the Western front, all versions are good. This one, I just, I dare say is the best of, of the all quiet on the Western front versions that, that have been done. And again, it's German. And you can watch it in English, or I highly recommend watching it in the natural um, subtitles in German. Sure. And as somebody 
I just want to say this, like I'm dyslexic, you're colorblind, you're able to read it pretty well. Yes. Like it, the coloring's good. It's easy to read. Yep. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. Yep. Um, uh, so, Dancing with Wolves sometimes is tough for me to read. Sometimes I think it has mm, yellow lettering. But um, but no, I love uh, the I, I love everything you just said about uh, war and humanizing it and how it how it really is. And one things I'm looking forward to seeing in that film is how a guy checking his pockets, like you know, you're fighting. Sometimes you're an animal. Uh, but then afterwards, are you still a human? Or are you still the animal? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And there are people who may still be the animal. Yep. Uh, I, I remember a scene from, um, I want to say it was uh, a thin red line, but where they're, somebody's going around pulling out teeth from mm. Iwo Jima and they're stuffing cigarettes in their nose. And so they can't, you know, it's like the idea though, like, um, but you said war is hell, I think. And I think that's Plato. Um, and that's probably the best description of, and if you've been through it, you've been through it. And if not, if not, and if you're not, Give respect to those who have, I yep. guess is what I would say about that. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I look forward to seeing that. Um, so you said that was the third rendition? As far as I know, there was a 30s version and there was like the late 70s. It might have been 1980. And then this version, there may be so, another one. But those are the only three that I know of personally. And having haven't seen those anyway, those that, that's what I know. You being a horror guy and uh, or um, and our listeners can tell us, I heard there's a new Pinocchio this year, and it's by uh, two two Pinocchios. Well, this year. and that's well, that's what's making me think that this is the third rendition. So there was the original Disney, there was probably the extra Disney one, and there's the Del Toro. And I've heard great things about this De Toro one. And from what I've seen from trailers, it almost reminds me of like a Tim Burton or something of like, maybe it's like, or, um, you know, like a, I don't know, a gothic, scary fantasy version, but like similar to also like, uh, what are those, uh, Christmas characters in elf or like that? They go like Mr. Snowman. Oh, like the Claymation. Stuff? Yeah. Yeah. But have you seen anything about that? The, well, I haven't the seen Del- the, the newest, I haven't seen the Del Toro version. Uh, I did see, I think it was Zemeckis who had one come out earlier this year. There was one that already came out this year. So there was obviously the original. Then there was one, I think, that like Roberto Benini did like 20-some-odd years ago. Mm-hmm. But just this year, we had one done by Zemeckis. And now we've got the one from, um, I keep saying Del Toro. Is that it? Guillermo Del Toro, right? Yeah, I not like, Benicio. Ben- yeah, I was like, Benicio. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. So I haven't seen the newest version. I saw the one that came out a few months ago. Not a fan, not a fan, mm-hmm. but I would be curious to see uh, what Guillermo is doing with it. I'm I'm curious if it does go a little bit more horror vibe, like Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, mm-hmm. I would be all about that, but mm-hmm. I, I know nothing about it. I hear I, things. I hear things. Okay. Well, I hear, it may, it may be, it may be. Ooh, then I'm, I'm down for that because not that this is uh the, the podcast to really get into Pan's Labyrinth, but that arguably is my favorite fairy tale film ever made. I love me Pan's Labyrinth. No way. 
Yeah. Hellboy 2 is my favorite Hellboy of all time. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just, there's some of the other ones I've seen or have heard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anything else you want to throw out before we, we call no, it, you know, he, quits? He, I want to talk about, you know, looking forward into 2023, some of the, like, the themes, because I 2023 for Stamper Cinema is going to be different. We're going to be doing something that we haven't done. We're going to try to do, like, monthly themes. So, like, for example, January, we're going to do, like, a 90s month. Um, we'll still continue doing the horror film month. John and I are going to do a Patrick Swayze month, but we're each month I'm going to be doing different themes. Well, I hope Catherine's there for the Patrick Swayze. She helped do some of the research. She sure did. I like it. It sounds like you're just going to consolidate things and make it, you know, a uh, theme focus. Have you're going to make get festive for us so i'm looking forward to that that's the hope um one last movie let me see i'm going to take a look at my list that again i'm pulling these from my letterbox so if you guys aren't following me on letterboxd please do so and and if we've missed something please let us know um yeah for sure i got a little time off Um, i'll check it out Oh, uh, kind of forever. I'm just going to throw that out there just because I saw it with my sister and I enjoyed it. Good. And sometimes and I just want to throw out there. Sometimes movies can be who you see them with. I see a lot with Andrew. And when I don't see him with Andrew, I think about Andrew. <laughs> and I always <laughs> have a good time. But that one I saw with my sister and, um, and it hit home and it was, you know, but it was fun. And we, uh, you know, it's not like we cried together. We both may have cried during different parts of the movie, but that doesn't matter. But it was a fun movie. Sorry. <laughs> no, ahead. you're fine. You're fine. Um, no, there. I mean, there are a lot of other movies I could reference. There, I'm just, I feel that we've covered a lot from 2022. Yeah. There's still a good chunk of movies that I haven't seen that I want to see. I want to see The Fablemans and I want to see a myriad of other movies that that are mm-hmm. out or coming out. In... Yeah, the menu, uh, onion. Uh, yes. What's the onion? Oh, glass one? onion. Yeah, man. Like there seems like to be a lot of good thrillers out there. I've missed. Um, mm-hmm. There's one. Everybody keeps talking about Triple R. I don't know if you've heard of that. Right. It's, yep. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm down. It. Um, it sounds like a cool shoot 'em up action movie and whatnot. So it's. I'm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, you got sure. me. But uh, this episode wasn't the. These are the. This is the definitive list. The. This was just a. These are some of the movies I've seen this year already, and I know that technically the movies of 2022 I'll see in January of 2023, but it all counts as 2022. At this point, as this publishes, these are the movies I've seen, and I know there is a lot that I haven't seen, but it doesn't negate the value of the movies that we have referenced. So definitely, if you can, take a look at All Quiet. Take a look at everything, everywhere, all at once. We've only, we've referenced The Northmen, not really taking a deep dive, but yeah, check take a look at that. Take a look at Banshees of Inisherin. Take a look at uh, Prey. Take a, oh my God. Definitely watch Prey. Definitely. Uh, yeah. But I think that's about it. So let's get into wrapping this uh this episode out so we can close season three with a bang john i know i've only had you on the season for three 
maybe four episodes. So my promise to the audience, because everybody loves their uh, themselves some John Rowe, we're gonna get a heavy dose of John next season. We're gonna we're gonna do some fun things. We're gonna have some. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna rage. We're gonna have a good time. Oh, we're gonna rage, man, dude. Oh, dude. Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me. It's anyway, not a party so, unless John is singing something. But yeah, yeah uh, 2023. I'm, I'm I'm excited. I think we're gonna have fun. Um, I don't and really you have will anything too. else. You will be. You will have fun too. Just listen to us. Yes. Listen to us talk, and you will have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I think the only way to close out right now, John, is what are you drinking tonight? Oh man. Well, it's a uh, ceremony, so I had jellyfish. Ooh, a little Boom, the old electric jellyfish. Um, I also got some Evan Williams and Coca-Cola as backup just in case. Okay. Okay. But you know, what about yourself, Andrew? Been doing a little uh, tequila and uh Topo Chico. So essentially a little ranch water. You don't you don't mix. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, um, I just want to say to all of our people out there listen to us happy new year merry happy christmas have a great one um we'll see you next year or we'll, yes, we you, will. you'll hear us next year yes of course they may already be listening to this in the next year so hey happy new year it works either way but this is gonna be fun let's let's uh let's enjoy season four thank you to everybody and shit like i can't believe let me i, I almost forgot Thank you to all the guests uh, who appeared this season. This, even though there were 30 episodes, I had more guests on this season than I've had and on any other year. So very, very wide. I think 30 episodes, I had over 20 different guests. Um, and we're going to have some of those, those, those wonderful guests return next year. Knock on wood and shout out to... And uh, shout out to our unofficial sponsors in Stream Lounge and uh, Podmatch and and um, everybody else. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Please do me a favor and visit my website, stampercinema.com. Leave a review, subscribe, tell your friends. Let's build up this um, this little family that we've got going on and... We'll see you next time on another episode of Stamper Cinema. John, say goodbye. Goodbye.